Welcome to the latest episode of American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, legends, and lore of America's past. Hosted by Cody Beck and Troy Taylor, our first season explores the hauntings of Alton, Illinois, one of the most haunted small towns in America. The Milton School and its well-known hauntings remains a bit of an anomaly when it comes to hauntings in Alton. Unlike Lewis and Clark College located in nearby Godfrey, there's not a story of a beloved administrator who chose to remain at the school because she couldn't bear to be away from it. At this former grade school, we have tales of a much darker sort. Tales of a murdered student and the killer who took her life, both still attached to the tragic events that occurred. But how much truth is there to these stories? Well... As it turns out, not as much as some people think. Milton School was built in 1904 and remained open for 80 years, serving students till it closed in the summer of 1984. After the school closed, it was abandoned for some time and then reopened in the early 1990s as a factory for Intaglio Design, a company that manufactured items of decorative glass. Today, the school has been turned into a location for a variety of small businesses, including a massage therapy spa, photography studios, a popular coffee house, and more. While some believe that only old memories still haunt the corridors of the school, the legends of the place tell a different story. According to that legend, an event occurred in the late 1930s that has left a horrific haunting in its wake. It began one fall afternoon, a few hours after school had dismissed for the day. The building was deathly silent by this time, and the shadows began to grow longer as twilight was now coming earlier with each passing week. The teachers and students had all left for the day except for one, a young girl, who later generations of students would dub Mary, who was finishing a seasonal bulletin board for her classroom. By the time that she had penned her last construction paper leaf on the board, the sun was beginning to dip low in the sky. Mary knew that she had better get home before her mother started to worry. She gathered up her school books and hurried down the shadowy corridor to the doors by the gymnasium. She knew that she could push them open and leave the building and they would lock behind her. As she skipped down the last stairway and rounded a corner into the gymnasium, she heard a noise behind her. And well, as the stories go, everything went dark. Mary's body was discovered the next morning in the girls' restroom in the basement of the school. Her small figure was bloody and battered and her clothing torn and scattered about. Whoever had killed the little girl, he had brutalized her and left her almost unrecognizable. The hunt was soon on for the culprit, but the police had no leads. However, during the struggle that had marked her final moments, Mary had managed to scratch her assailant. His bloody skin was found under her fingernails. The authorities warned school officials to be on the lookout for anyone with scrapes or scratches on their hands or face. Several days passed before someone realized that a janitor who worked at the school was missing. He had not shown up for work in nearly a week, so police officers went to his house to ask him a few questions about where he'd been on the night of Mary's attack. Not surprisingly, they found scratch marks on both of his hands, although he claimed his cat had left them there. The man lived with his elderly mother, who maintained he'd been sick with the flu and had been at home with her on the afternoon of the murder. The detectives didn't believe the story, but had nothing to arrest him for. He was moved to the top of their list of suspects, though. Police officers began driving past his house at night, and the janitor was kept under close surveillance. Rumors began to fly, and teachers and staff members at the school began to talk of the janitor's strange habits and of his inappropriate attention to some of the children. 
A few days later, the body of the janitor was also discovered in the school. He was found hanging at the end of a rope around an exposed beam above an upstairs hallway. Beneath his dangling feet was an overturned chair and a scrawled note which simply read, I did it. Was it the confession of a depraved pedophile, the rantings of a man who'd been driven to madness by the hounding of the police, or, as some have hinted, an obvious clue left behind by someone carrying out their own brand of vigilante justice? Mary's horrible death and the janitor's suicide are believed by scores of people to be the reason why the old Milton school is haunted to this day. Rumors have been spread that the ghost of the janitor and his helpless victim linger in the old building, trapped by the events that occurred so many years ago. As the years have passed, stories and whispered legends have floated around about the school and its haunting. Many of these stories have been dismissed as nothing more than a creepy old building settling on its foundations, or as the overactive imagination of elementary school students, but, well, others have not. Many former students can tell stories of strange experiences in the old school, and others tell tales of their friends' encounters with Mary. But if the Milton School was and is as haunted as some believe, it's certainly not haunted for any of the reasons that some people claim. A thorough check of the local records reveal there was never a murder that ever occurred at the school. In fact, there were no fatal accidents either. No janitor ever committed suicide by hanging himself in the hallway, and no cryptic note was ever found confessing to murder. The story of the Milton School and its murder-slash-suicide is just a legend a story created to explain the hauntings that may or may not be taking place. But if there was no murdered little girl and no suicidal janitor, then how do we explain the numerous tales of strange encounters in the old building? Just because the legends are not true does not mean the former school is not haunted. When the glass company occupied the building, many employees of the company began to notice some very peculiar things were going on in the place. Footsteps were heard in the dark hallways at night when no one else was there. Items began to appear and disappear around the offices, and soon, one of the staff members even spotted the apparition of a small girl. Well, who could she be? If there was no murdered girl, then who was the ghost that staff members claimed to see? Was she merely a figment of their imagination, or was she real? A former student who chose to remain behind, perhaps after an untimely death? Well, we may never know. Which is what makes the Milton School such an unusual place. Strange things continue to happen there today, although the days of ghost hunting and tours have nearly come to an end. But why do they happen? Well, no one can say. But even without a mythical murder and a suicide that never occurred, the former school remains an eerie place. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language? And I don't mean like spells or incantations to trap spirits, you weirdos. I mean like a new language that could help you start communicating with more people on this plane today then I need to tell you about Rosetta Stone. Look, you know the brand, you know the name. They have the expertise and a 30-year legacy, which makes them more qualified than ever to help you learn a new language today. They've helped millions of people build the fluency and confidence to speak new languages. Now, this is the part where Troy would tell me that I made some kind of grammatical error, but he's not here right now, so like, I don't know, it's like speaking tongues. Rosetta Stone focuses on speaking practice for real-life scenarios to get you ready for real conversations with real people. 
or maybe you can even learn how to use some different types of Ouija boards. I don't know. Either way, Rosetta Stone can help you learn faster and retain your new language better. Honestly, Rosetta Stone really would have come in handy for season four of New Orleans because I know we butchered some of those French names and I apologize once again. Now you all know I have a nine to five job when I'm not at the podcast factory and Rosetta Stone actually helped me not make a total fool out of myself while I was in Brazil interviewing celebrities. Obrigado. And now I want to help you. So don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, American Hauntings podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Rosetta Stone, how language is learned. Wait, by the way, Troy, like where do words come from? Hey, no, don't, 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 don't walk away. Oh, Troy, where do words have to have? Got that little lead-in thing, and then yep. we just start talking. I need to make so. a phone call, too. So. Yep. If I need you, I'm just going to flip you off super hard. Yeah, please. So you'll know, that's when you'll know. I'm cool with that. I need you. <laughs> yeah, which I've thrown in piles, so... We're just going to lock them out and take over the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm in charge. Okay. Good to go? All right. Awesome. Welcome to American Hauntings Podcast, where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, and all things paranormal. You are listening to episode three of season one, covering the hauntings of Alton, Illinois. I'm your co-host, Cody Beck, and with me, once again, my co-host is author, historian, crime buff, and founder of American Hauntings, Troy Taylor. What's going on, Troy? Hey, oh, not much. Glad to be here. Although I, I, I'll, I'm going to confess to you, I have sort of dreaded this one a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Only because it's it's not like the other ones. You know, it's harder to pin down. Yeah. You know, because it's um, it's a cool place, mm-hmm. um, and I think that uh, it was maybe still is haunted uh, based on the the stories. I mean, yeah, substantiated stories that have come out of it. It's just this thing with this story, this legend is. It's tough to get your head around because it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It well, didn't happen. So why is it haunted? Well, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. So, and I think you know. I'll I'll just tell you, honestly, that I've been dreading this one just because little kids just fuck creep me out. Well, like <laughs> I'm ghost, ghost kids, or ghost yeah. or not ghosts, yeah. just normal uh, little kids creep me out. There's something weird. They're shifty. I don't know. <laughs> that is true. They weird they me out. They are devious. That is that right. Is but I get, I get what you true. mean. And, you know, we talk a lot about the, you know, historical inaccuracies and things like that. And it's like, if this story didn't happen, then why do so many weird things tend to well, and, happen? And, and not even that, but it's, it's not even just the stuff that's happened since the school's been closed. I, I've talked to a lot of people who will tell stories. Now, I, some people will say, you know, I went to school there and nothing. I never heard of anything that ever happened. And then I'll have other people who come to me and go, oh, you know, when I was in school there, you know, we, you know, we heard, we used to hear stories. I had this friend who used to talk about her, you know, her friend who she would see in the bathroom all the time and mm-hmm. stuff. And, the, you know, to make the long story short, that the student didn't actually go there. It was a little girl. Nobody ever find her, you know, which sounds like an episode of the Twilight Zone or right. something to me. But it's like a bad the, SVU that was the, episode. Right, that was the story I was told, right? So I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I'm going to say, I am going to come out and say, no one was ever murdered in the school. We do know this. 
Uh, no janitor ever committed suicide in the school. We do know this. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, there isn't much we do know for sure. You right. know, everybody has, or everybody, lots of people have stories. Right. But I cannot for, in any way, vouch for their authenticity. I, I mean, I've had people that I believe are reliable who've told me things. Right. Um, again, you get those, you know, I don't, uh, I don't believe in ghosts, but... But. You know, I heard these footsteps, you know, I was in the classroom that, you know, we used for storage and all the lights turned off and there was no explanation for it. You know, I've heard, you know, laughing, I've heard talking whispers. So why, you know, why? Yeah. Um, in our last episode, we talked about hotels mm-hmm. and we talked about the mineral springs and we talked about all the, you know, energy left behind in a hotel because of all the things that happen in them, people that die in them. Yeah. Um, schools, I think, are kind of similar to that. Not not necessarily because of the terrible things that happen there, uh, but all that energy. Yeah, you know, for kids, sure. All the kids. I mean, we're talking about a, you know, an elementary school um, that, you know, for 80 years. That's where you grow up. That's and, a lot of kids. Yeah, it's I a mean, lot of you know, you're talking on. about 100, you know, 100 or more. It's a small school, but let's say you're talking about 100 kids, 125, 30 kids a year mm-hmm. for 80 years. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. And, you know, all the energy that kids have, you know, I think it's a very good, you know, chance that it left some energy behind on the building. Yeah. You know, and, and I've noticed, though, that the stories seem to have faded with time. Mm-hmm. And I, which again is a, is a really good indication with, with, to me that this was kind of an energy based thing where, you know, people are hearing an echo of, yep. you know, the last 40 years or whatever, you know, um, yeah. kids playing, kids laughing, footsteps, you know, balls bouncing, bells ringing, terrifying. Knows, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's For right. some it's people, the, the most traumatic nightmares. time of their life, right? <laughs> Uh, but I think that that's, you know, people were experiencing that and really big in the 90s. I mean, that's where a lot of these stories came from was after the school closed. And somewhere along the way, this story was created. Um, it's human. It's human nature to do that kind of thing. Well, that's what I wanted. To, I wanted to you ask know, you, like I, I wrote down, but it's like, you know, which came first, the chicken or the ghost? Right, egg? right. But it's pretty much so, you know, there's lots of stories that don't have any historical basis. So my question is kind of, do people make up the stories like to scare other people into believing that they're seeing ghosts or do people start seeing shit they can't explain and then make up the stories to kind of validate what, what they think's going on. I think you've got, I think maybe both, Mm -hmm. but I think that probably the most likely historically speaking, it's more likely for people, for humans to create something that explains what they're experiencing. It's like Um, rationalize it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's got to be a reason why these terrible events or these scary things happen. So it must've been something terrible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what if somebody was murdered and then all it takes is a seed to get planted and it grows, you know, um, and it turns into something else and a little bit more is added to it and it's embellished a little bit more. And it's, to- it's like a game of telephone, you know, the old yeah. games kids used to yeah. play. You tell a story once and then the next person tells it, and the next person tells it and it just gets bigger and it changes as it goes. And I, I'm, I'm positive that's what happened with, with the school, with Milton school mm-hmm. is that people began having experiences there and maybe some things did happen in the years before the school closed down. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't verify those stories for a fact. Most of the stories that I've been able to, you know, interview people about happened after it closed. And that seems like a time when you would notice these things more because when the school is open, who's going to notice 
phantom footsteps or, you know, right. because there's people running around all the time. Right. So, you know, after it's closed and, you know, there's four people in the entire building or maybe none if you're working there by yourself and you hear somebody walking around or lights turn on and off or something, you're going to notice that a lot more. And I think that that's really when the stories began to grow. You know, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't hear much about anything there now. Um, yeah. and, and I know that there's no, you know, they don't do ghost tours there anymore. Um, there's, you know, ghost hunts and that kind of thing. Um, I know that that's something she's trying to steer away from because mm-hmm. she's turned it into a really nice place. Meredith has made that a really nice spot. The coffee shop is great. Yep. And you know, a friend of great. ours, um, has a massage therapy, you know, uh, office there. And mm-hmm. so they've really made that into something nice. And I think it will continue to grow. And I think the ghost thing is they've kind of steered away from it. And understandably, because I really think that the haunting has faded over time. I mean, it's a great part of our local haunted history, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that it's a continuing one. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and I've been there a couple of times. First in, in high school, we played a show there when we used to play in bands and stuff. And I don't know who owned it then. It wasn't it wasn't Meredith and them now, but we played a show there. And I remember thinking like, I don't know if we're supposed to be in here. <laughs> Everything was really just messy. And, yeah, and we yeah. played a show there. It was great. And then um, I started a blog years after that. And I was interviewing just local entrepreneurs. So I went to speak with Meredith and know what they were doing with Milton School. And she took me on a tour and it was awesome. And, you know, they'd really turned things around. And I know a couple of people too that, that worked there and, but I do remember the last thing right before I was leaving is she took me into a one of the rooms that they had just rehabbed and that they were going to start renting out for somebody. And I walk in and it's just this rectangle room and a big brick wall and a huge, just black, empty chalkboard on it. And I walked in there. I was like, nope, turn around and walk right back out. I, and I didn't tell her why, but I was just like, these kids just creep me out. I, yeah. I don't know. And, and I wonder, what, like, and this is, I mean, sort of off topic, I guess, if the story is not necessarily um, true, but like, what is it about? kids that not necessarily that creep me out it's a whole different issue for a therapist probably but like what is it about kids that there's something that like the paranormal seems to like you know be attracted to kids or kids can communicate you know and kids and dogs and all that sort of stuff yeah i think that i i think that with kids you don't have the built-in defenses that we have as adults Hmm. you know um as an adult you know we we maybe not us because we have an interest in this but for most people you know, the idea is that you don't believe in ghosts. You don't, you know, it's not that that kind of thing can't happen. Yeah. And and the older you get, I think that the more that's mentally programmed into your mind. And with little kids, they don't have those kind of defenses. Yeah. And so they're much more open to, you know, other things that are going on, the mm-hmm. unusual, you know, the unexplained. That I, makes I sense. think that's and the same way with with animals, you know, people talk about cats or dogs. And, and you know, when I've seen that firsthand. I, um, years ago, I lived in a, in a house that was haunted. A woman had died in an upstairs bedroom, which I didn't find out till later. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there was one particular room that was no matter how much, you know, the, the heat was run, how the, the vents were all open. It was always 20 degrees colder than the rest of the house. It was freezing in this just room. A permanent cold spot. It, it just was, it just would never warm up. And, um, and then there were other things too, but the, the main thing that I remember was that this, I had this cat who would go to the door of the room and look in the room and then just watch something moving around. And there's nothing in the room. It's completely empty. Mm-hmm. And she would just watch, you know, look at things. And I think that, that, 
you know, they, they're able to, I mean, as we, you know, we know that dogs especially can hear things the rest of us can't hear. Yeah. Um, so I, I often wonder if animals aren't more sensitive that I hate to compare children to animals, although sometimes it is an apt comparison. Um, but I do, I do wonder if maybe it's the same kind of thing. Right. Uh, animals never lose it. Kids often do as they get older, you know, they're right. not so susceptible to it. Well, anymore. yeah, you get the imagination just wears, it goes away, wears away, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that imagination has a lot to do with it. And so, you know, once you're stopped being so open-minded, mm-hmm. you're not so open-minded to, to go see there. Well, you know, so I think that's a big part of it. Well, speaking of the, the built-in defenses that adults have, the children don't, I'm still drinking a old bakery <laughs> beer, the North end IPA. It's great. Again, they're not sponsoring us. I'm just trying to get them to. So please keep calling. Um, and hopefully we'll get something going, but yeah, I don't know what it is about the, the, the ones with the kids freak me out more than anything. I don't know what it is, but you say like, you know, the, you hear the footsteps or the ball bounce and the, the laughter and stuff like that's more terrifying to me to you than, than most anything. Else, yeah. Right? I don't know yeah. what it is. I think it was already afraid of the dark that really got oh, yeah, me, probably, you yeah, know, it's scared. probably your television viewing habits as a child. Right. Probably did it, so I don't know. Maybe you've watched the shining one too many times. So, <laughs> yeah. so. Absolutely. So have you been to Milton for any tours or anything? Yeah, actually or? back in the, in the late nineties, um, when my friend Sonny and I first started doing, uh, when I first started doing tours with him, he was doing tours here in Alton before I moved here and I was doing tours in Decatur. And when I moved down here, he asked me if I'd be interested in doing any tours with him. And I said, no, I am never doing another ghost tour again. And how'd that work out 20 years later? Yeah. Um, But when we first started doing them, that was one of the locations that we went to was Milton school. And, um, you know, we would go in take everybody through the school and and tell them, you know, the stories. And and mostly we would talk to some of the people who worked there who would still be around in the evening Mm -hmm. and would tell some of the things that happened to them. Um, but again, I think most of those stories dated, you know, to around that time, you know, when the glass company went in there, they were the ones who really seemed to have most of the experiences and, uh, they would tell their stories. And then we usually have people on the tour that would say, oh yeah, I went to school here. I never heard ghost stories before. Yeah. Well, right. I think because they probably kind of came to life, you know, right. a little bit later after the school had closed. Gotcha. That's all I have. And I mean, I'm, I'm looking at an empty can of I know, beer. Uh, I we're also right looking at it, you know, wildly waving that our time is up. So we should probably wrap this up. So um, if you listen to the podcast, uh, if you listen to this episode, hopefully you listen to the two before it, uh, go on to iTunes, um, give us a like, give us a review, uh, share it with your friends, tell your friends about it. Um, try to get them to listen. And I mean, if you like it, if you don't like it, I mean, please don't. Don't leave any comments. Um, <laughs> don't, don't bother reviewing <laughs> yeah. us if you don't, don't like it. Don't review it. Uh, but if you can, you know, spread the word to your friends um, and try to pass it along. So uh, we keep this thing going uh, through. We can get to the rest of the stories in Alton. We got a long way to go. Yet, we do. That's uh, a before lot. Before we even move on to anywhere else. So right. anyway, um, that's it for me. And uh, so I'll turn it back over to Cody. And uh, thanks for listening. We aim to combine historic record, scientific method, observation, and imagination in order to teach you a little bit more about the paranormal activities of Alton, Illinois. American Hauntings is a bi-weekly podcast. You can hear new episodes every other Monday, so please tune in to hear our latest episode and receive a brand new paranormal history lesson. You can learn more about our podcast and find new episodes on iTunes by searching for American Hauntings 
or by going to AmericanHauntingsPodcast.com, where we also have some links to Troy's books, as well as information about his upcoming ghost tours and other events. As for your host, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CodyBeckSTL or at CodyBeck.com. Please say hello or tell me how much you hate the show. I promise I won't hold back because I have nothing to lose. Find Troy on Twitter at TroyTaylor13 and on Facebook by searching for the Troy Taylor author page or by going to Facebook.com slash AuthorTT. You can also check him out at AmericanHauntings.net. This episode was produced and recorded at Lighthouse Sound Studios. Find them at LighthouseSounds.com.